lordy, lordy. Janet has just turned 40. She went from 39 and entered her 40s. Wow. Wow. No! What's up guys? So, being a product slash industrial design student who's going into his senior year, his very last year of formal education, man, I've been in school for a really long time. There's just so much advice I could give to new incoming students, like work hard or have great time management skills. Victory told me that after the sulfur seas, there is a lake of jellyfish. I do not know how he told me. I never saw his lips move. But Lebo continued. Those jellyfish can tell you stories. He said, motionless. There are forms of communication that you do not know. That's why I do not miss the humor. Welcome back to another episode of the Humor and the Abject Podcast. You're not quite having a studio practice, not quite being a curator in the traditional sense of the word, Screedlers. This is Stefan Lee, the podcast studio manager. Apologies for the little gap last week without an episode. As we mentioned, we were taking the week off to see like 1900 things at the Fusebox Festival here in Austin. It was pretty cool. In fact, our guests this week were a part of it. I'm talking, of course, about the collaborative duo out of Mexico City. The true post-internet twins. The object-oriented oligarchs. That's right. Janet Forty. Let's turn it over to your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. I'm Ira Glass. Welcome to Jackass. It's episode 106 of the Humor in the Abject podcast. I'm your host, Sean J. Patrick Carney. And I'm just beside myself this week, Screedlers, because I get to present to you an interview with two of the goddamn nicest people that I've ever met. Patricia Siller and Luis Nava of Mexico City-based collaborative platform Janet Forty. They've been in Austin for the last month doing a residency with Unlisted Projects and the Museum of Human Achievement. So big shout out to Leslie Moody Castro of Unlisted Projects and to Moha for bringing Patricia and Luis here to Texas. Janet Forty is a curatorial and a production platform where Patricia and Luis work directly with artists to materialize, yes, I mean physically, uh, digital content. That means they're kind of like object publishers for internet artists, which is pretty fucking cute if you ask me. Uh, they were just days away from presenting their work thus far with artist Connect Zapata, so I sincerely appreciate that they took the time out to chat with me. Check out their archive of projects at Janet40.com and follow their ongoing practice on Instagram at Janet.40. Thanks as always for tuning in. Here's my conversation with Luis Nava and Patricia Siller, aka Janet40. <laughs> Cool. I don't 
let's see. Okay. Just FYI, we recorded inside of their studio space at the Museum of Human Achievement, where other artist studios are located. As such, you'll periodically hear some people talking in the background, and the occasional power tool turning on momentarily. Think of it as a big-ass mood. Luis and Patricia, welcome to Humor and the Abject. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having us. Hello. Uh, it's wonderful to have you both here. Um, we're here to talk about your collaborative platform, which is based out of Mexico City, where you're both based out of, uh, called Janet 40. And it's not a traditional studio practice, and it's not curating, I guess, in the way that we normally think about curating. Um, so for anybody listening who's new to Janet 40, would you guys talk a little bit about what the platform is? Like, what is it that you do in this collaborative project? Um so what we do, we have two different kinds of practices. Uh -huh. uh, one of them is curating exhibitions with digital artists. And the other one is making objects, um, like limited edition objects with artists. We tend to work with uh, Mexican and Latin American artists, but we're now expanding to the rest of the world. I think I saw a Toronto person in something, maybe. Yeah, that no, was didn't. Maya Ben David. <laughs> yeah, with, when we do exhibitions, we reach out to people from all over. But for our objects, we've only worked with Mexican artists. And Hannah Doobie is the first one we're working with that is not from Mexico. And that's somebody that. that you're working with here in Austin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and what, when you say make objects, what are, what kind of objects are you making for these artists and where is, I mean, shouldn't they make their own objects? It's <laughs> <laughs> a very leading question. You like <laughs> well, the, the thing about objects, yeah, uh, we, we started, we started working with digital artists because of our main, because of that, uh, digital art was our main, is still our main interest, mm -hmm. but we have very interesting backgrounds because we both uh, went to art school. I took like two years of um, industrial design. Oh, wow. Okay. And then we worked for galleries, yeah. commerci hmm. commercial projects. And in the middle of that, we thought about, well, there's, an not, there's not much going on about digital art in Mexico City that you can actually buy hmm. and we thought about video and selling video through uh, usb or drives and we thought about it like just it's so boring so <laughs> <laughs> yeah somebody had to say it <laughs> i mean it's kind of obvious it's like the but the usb is colorful yeah I mean, it's like yeah a, it's but it was not enough for us <laughs> even though we're thinking about colorful usb sure, all yeah. the time yeah yeah it's still not enough for us it's the first thing yeah, your mind yeah. goes to. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I remember in like grad school, I think like experimenting with like some performance stuff and, you know, asking it professor how do you you know how do they sell this stuff and like oh well they edition dvds or like sell things. Mm -hmm. and i was like what the fuck <laughs> nobody is that it nobody buys yeah. those anyways no. of movies yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so that's cool so you have this motivation to kind of try to bring 
something that exists essentially in the digital into the the physical world. Um, and where did you did you two go to school together, or where did you meet? No, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I also went to art school, but I went to art school in Monterrey. Okay. Which is a city in the north of Mexico. And um, then I moved to Mexico City like seven years ago. And we met there. Uh, actually, I was looking for a job. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a job. And he had a job. <laughs> All right. Classic. Yeah. Very classic. <laughs> so we met because of that. I did not end up getting that job. <laughs> What the fuck, Luis? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Which was a good thing. Probably, yeah, yeah, it, it seems like for the best. In actually. the butterfly effect version of like where your lives could have gone, it probably is better that you didn't get the job. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, cool. We probably would be tired of each other already. <laughs> we actually met at an art fair. Really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. What art fair? Sonamaco. Okay, cool. Six nice. years ago. What was the first project that you collaborated on then? Were you working as Janet Forty, or were you kind of edging into like working on stuff and then being like, "Well, we got to give this a name." The name came first. Yeah, actually, yeah. the name came first. <laughs> That's cool because I feel like well, the reason I'm interested in this is because I feel like with artist collaboratives, I'm I want to know the origin story, kind of like how bands, because there are a lot of times that people that I know start bands mm -hmm. without ever playing any, and they're just like, we're going to start a band, it's yeah, called right. this, and we have a concept. Yeah. Other times people <laughs> jam together for a while, and they're like, man, we got to name this thing, we got a show coming up, you know, or something like that. Yeah. So I'm always just curious if it's like the, you're like, well, this is a cool name, and we should make some stuff under it, or if you had just been producing things. And No, this the story behind <laughs> the name is like... <laughs> We <laughs> yeah. What does the name mean? Uh, have you watched uh, Broad City? Yes. Well, you're from New York, yeah. not like religiously, but yeah. I'm, I'm well, religiously. Is okay, the word. we Sorry. do watch it religiously. Oh, my apologies. Okay. <laughs> yes. yes. And so there's this one episode where they they are super high uh -huh. and <laughs> of course, and we were too at the time we watched it. Uh -huh. <laughs> And so they just, they found some weed somewhere mm. that was hidden. Lordy and they start lady. saying, Lordy, Lordy, look who just turned 40. Uh -huh. Janet just turned 40. And yeah. we thought it was hilarious at the moment. Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and that's basically it. <laughs> and our project was born right there. That's cool. Yeah. That's good. We were like, you Let's have do to this. <laughs> somebody. Well, I heard somebody the other day. Um, the <laughs> person who started this arts uh, criticism website here in Texas called Glass Tire. Yeah, and she it. said that she named it that it's a uh, there's a Robert Rauschenberg piece that's named that or something like mm -hmm. physically like a, a tire that's made of glass or something. But she was like, I went to school for business. And the first rule of business is you got to name something. It can't have anything to do with what you actually do. Okay. Or else it'll be like it has to be a name that doesn't relate to it. Like uh. You can't put the name of the thing in the thing or what you do in the name. So then Janet I guess Port it was a smart move. Well, it's perfect too. Cause uh, you also, you have a niche audience of like probably broad city fans who probably see it and are like, Oh fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do that. <laughs> yeah. We assumed that, but so far no one, no one has brought it. Well, maybe no. they know and they think it's, Hmm. Sometimes I like yeah. get a reference and I'm just like, well, clearly everybody knows this. So it's like not <laughs> cool that I get it and I won't tell anybody. <laughs> okay. But sorry. <laughs> okay. So that's where the name came from. Yes. What, what did you, who did you first work with when you wanted to make something and how did you decide that 
Like, how do you approach a digital artist who I assume is kind of like politically making work online <laughs> and being like, I'm a digital artist and that's on purpose. And then you guys are just like, what or, if you weren't? <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first artist we worked with developing an actual physical object was mm. uh, Luis Hidalgo. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's on the website too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. exactly. And he's, he's a close friend. And he also has some... You guys have the same name. Yeah. Really yeah. Easy to remember <laughs> who you're working with. <laughs> he also has some, uh, you know, painting practice. And what else does he... Okay. So he wasn't fully... He wasn't, he wasn't like born digital. No. He wasn't born <laughs> no. digital. <laughs> uh, but he had a lot of stuff just to save in, in, the, in the computer. Okay. Mm -hmm. And no one was leaning into that. Not even his uh, his soon-to-be gallerist at hmm. the time. <laughs> <laughs> and so what did you produce with Luis? We made a table. A coffee uh -huh. table. A coffee table. Yes. Which was our very first child. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so he had this uh, archive of digital images that he... Uh, mixed mm -hmm. and remixed and did this digital paintings that he then printed onto mirrors. Okay. And so that's his ongoing practice as of right now. And so we decided to take the, the imagery and just bring it to real life and okay. give it a surface to play on. Was it... Because I saw the documentation. When you say bring it to real life, what were the objects? Are those... They're they porcelain okay. sculptures. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Okay. And the table is a consequence, basically. So the the sculptures needed a space to... Right. To, to play, yeah, let's yeah. say. Okay. And how did you... Okay. Because you, you said <laughs> that you studied some industrial design. Yeah. Are you... Forge. I don't. How do you make a porcelain? I, clearly, I don't know what I'm talking about. But <laughs> did you make the porcelain? Do you like? Is that yeah, is part of the practice too? Also, okay. So yeah. you're you're interacting with all these other services on exactly. demand and things, and kind of like yeah. becoming. Um, I think when we uh, the last time that I was over here, I said something like, "Oh, you guys are like producers or something, or mm -hmm. like something like that," and it, you just make the thing happen that otherwise they might not maybe follow all of the kind of breadcrumbs to doing. Exactly. Okay. We're cool. like a BTL agency. Oh what? Yeah. Is that how you call <laughs> it here? What is it called? Below the line. Below the line agency. Mm, advertising. What's that? Advertising. No, agency. I don't know what that is. Like, um, <laughs> I want to know though. <laughs> They're like this, like subversive. Uh, oh yeah, yeah out of the box. Okay. Activation. No, I know. I bet they do call it that. I just am not in the industry, but I know what you mean. Yeah, it's like where yeah. you don't. You're like, is this fucking up? Is this a branded thing? Like, it's yeah. just a pop up. No, it's organic. It just have. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like that. <laughs> yeah, that's us, but for art. <laughs> 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 so I guess uh, you kind of got into this a little bit, but when you started to do this, I mean, what was the, what gravitated towards, what gravitated you towards wanting to make physical things that were previously existing in the digital? Or did, did you want to like bridge a gap between those artists and a more mainstream art audience or did you just think like hey this is a way to we're maybe were you frustrated with your own studio kind of approaches and you thought maybe we can be maybe we can activate other people's stuff or i mean maybe the answer is not neat and tidy i don't know I, maybe it's a little bit of both those a things a little bit of everything yeah mm -hmm. 
like Luis said, we were working with commercial projects or rather working for commercial projects. Mm -hmm. And so, and we've been interested in digital practices for like ever. So we tried to, you know, and all of our friends or most of our friends who are artists also tend to do digital uh, art. Yeah. So we were like, how can we, you know, just try to mix this thing that we kind of know how to do, which is try and commercialize art. Yeah. And actually, like, bring it to our practice and our friends' practices. And so that's kind of how it started. It actually, when we started thinking about doing Janet 40, we we thought about, like, immersing ourselves in the artist's processes and, mm. like fishing for like a project they hadn't finished mm -hmm. or a yeah, project yeah. that just they didn't have the funds to do and at the beginning that didn't work out but strangely enough we're now like coming back to that yeah. and people are starting to like come to us with their like old projects that didn't oh yeah like get a you know And sadly, because we we had the we had the money before, we did not have the money now. <laughs> um, people are coming <laughs> with this old project to help me with this. And well, what do you yeah. mean you had the money before? No, yeah, we saved some money. Oh, to do it. Okay. Yeah, the, yeah. Fir okay. the first two objects. We had some we money. Had, yeah, <laughs> and okay. the first three exhibitions, maybe. Got it. Okay. That was so very easy breezy. <laughs> but not anymore not anymore <laughs> <laughs> and i i guess i am privy to the development of this vernacular of like internet art so when i go to a website like janet 40's website like i understand the aesthetic yes that makes sense to me i understand the lineage i understand the nods i understand the kind of the wink and the like mm -hmm. isn't this like design insane like isn't this kind of, and they're way more insane designs obviously but To like the average kind of art consumer, they might go to something like that and be like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> like they can't because it, it defies the logic of like what their aesthetics are telling them is like in good taste or something mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. And so that's because when I was looking at some of the objects that Janet Forty has made, like there was the I'm sorry, I don't remember the artist's name that you did the beach towel with. Daniel oh. Perez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and they're just like these they're these really nice objects, right? And so this practice that some of these people have that maybe could seem really crazy to your rando painting enthusiast or something, all of a sudden <laughs> becomes digestible, which creates a little bridge to their more nutso work. So I didn't know if that was like any part of it or if that's just like a bonus when people kind of like when a square kind of like is like oh yeah okay cool net art <laughs> i really don't know about that i mean that's the way we design um but you have to grant that like outside of like a generational like art practice kind of thing like that is really fucking weird to like a yeah. like a person who buys <laughs> art in like uh chicago Or, mm -hmm. or wherever you know mm -hmm. who wants to go and buy like i'd like to buy a painting and like, they look yeah. at some of these artists practices they're gonna lose their mind and be like what the fuck am yeah. i supposed to click like, wouldn't yeah, you right. rather like to buy a song that comes in a towel <laughs> <laughs> yeah but so but yeah so you're not i mean you haven't made really really obvious art market objects but you've kind of like found a nice little spot in the middle where you've made something kind of weird but it's understandable it's graspable but it still doesn't betray the artist's kind of strangeness i guess is one way to say. <laughs> no i feel like we do put a lot of 
us into the design, not just the pieces, but the graphic design also. Mm -hmm. And like Daniel, the towel artist, <laughs> he, he, we went to art school together. Okay. And one of our friends that also went to art school with us was like, is that Daniel's piece? Like, that seems like a Janet Forty piece. And I was like, yeah, because it's a collaboration. Oh, wow. Like, exactly. we really do put a lot yeah. of us into that because we are really into like objects and weird things that don't really serve a purpose <laughs> <laughs> which is like i guess kind of like the opposite of industrial design right? yes yeah. exactly <laughs> exactly like that <laughs> <laughs> we're recording this interview at the museum of human achievement where the two of you are doing an artist residency through unlisted projects um how did you get connected with unlisted projects uh it was through leslie moody uh-huh the curator and i guess one day she did a studio visit which wasn't really a studio visit no she went to our apartment okay and uh did you have a studio generally no, no. okay we well, don't it's a studio visit come to your house I mean, yeah. She, we had something prepared. For she went that. to her house, but we did like a little mini show for her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and she liked it. And then we talked. And then right there on the spot, she was like, you guys would be perfect for for Up, for Unlisted Project. And for Fusebox. And also. for Fusebox. So here we are. That's amazing. That's very cool. Um, and so while you're here, would you talk a little bit about the project that you're working on? For whom are you producing work, and what are you producing? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna take a while <laughs> because yeah, the for whom it's uh, for whom as in oh as in the artist yes yes oh, okay. yes not, not oh no not like what's the point or who's the audience oh, no okay, no yeah, literally yeah. like who's the artist <laughs> sorry I didn't mean to phrase I phrased that like an asshole. <laughs> For whom? <laughs> no. <laughs> Luis can get really, like, existential. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. I get it. No, it's totally fair. Um, I would read an email like that, and I, I would absolutely be like, what the fuck do you mean, for whom? <laughs> okay, know, for who's people? the artist? That's better, yeah. Who's the artist that you're working with, and what are you making for? His name is Canek Zapata. Uh -huh. <laughs> He's a poet from Mexico City. Cool. <laughs> so I just remember a story where we were going to New York and we stopped at Dallas mm -hmm. and the lady at uh, customs asked me, what are you doing here? And it took oh. me a while to uh -huh. answer that question. Well, what were, you, were you just going to visit New York or were you yeah. doing a project? Yeah. Or? And I was like, mm, like here in Dallas or the US or what are you yeah. with my life? Uh -huh. Because I'm an artist. Oh, so you're an artist. Oh, okay, so that's a deep question. Yeah, I it's not not <laughs> in an airport. I went I went to a residency in Canada one time and they asked me what I what I was hoping to get out of it. Okay, well, and I was that's like, intense. I don't know. <laughs> oh, fuck, <laughs> like. Why did I don't know? I just left my job. <laughs> what am I <laughs> okay, so sorry. The project that you're working on here yes. is with the poet. <laughs> Connect. Okay. <clears throat> what What is the What is the project? The project is named Lipo Rice for the People, and we're cooking glow in the dark rice mm -hmm. for the people. <laughs> for all of y'all. 
<laughs> yes, all of us all. <laughs> you know, I like to say that y'all is America's vosotros is like one vosotros. way to think of it. Yeah. You think? I think y'all's a little bit more <laughs> informal. Yeah. A little bit more informal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> vosotros. <laughs> okay, so the project is based on, can you talk a little bit about kind of the narrative arc that's going on in this? Like, who's Lipo? Lipo was an actual poet from China, mm-hmm. born in uh, 701. Mm-hmm. After Christ, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so Kanek was inspired uh, by this Chinese poet, and he wrote a series of poems himself where he imagined he met Lipo. Mm-hmm. And Lipo told him that the world was going to end uh, because of an alien capitalist invasion. Mm-hmm. And so Lipo, in this alternate timeline, Gave Kanek mm, like the cure, yeah, the cure hmm. for the end of the world. Okay, and this was a code. I mean, it was a file. It was file eighty-eight, eighty-eight. Mm-hmm. And so Kanek, in this narrative, had the job to decipher it, to decode it, and to spread it. Okay, and that's where Janet Forty comes in, uh-huh. and. What we did with Kanek was uh, find a way to make a product to disseminate it. Okay. <laughs> so using, yeah. And we decided to use rice. And yeah, we're working on that. We're doing a little packaging design. Mm-hmm. We're, commercial. We're doing a commercial sort of infomercial kind of thing for the product. Oh, I like that. Yeah. So basically, sorry, using capitalist strategies to prevent the end of the world. Mm -hmm. Got it. And what you as a consumer have to do is eat the rice and then inoculate yourself Mm -hmm. from the alien capitalism invasion. Okay, cool. (laughs) We have to get, yeah, we have to get vaccinated. Exactly. And so when you say, because I like this, I I was reading about this to on the site and in the uh, fuse box, which you mentioned you guys were part of the festival uh, in there too. But the, the alien capitalism, is it, is it, are they physical? Are they aliens who are capitalists? Or is it the concept of capitalism, which itself is alien. so alien that is beyond the scope of like my understanding of a bot? It's like a, it's like a hyper object. It's like so beyond my scope of understanding of a being like a super super structure yeah Mm -hmm. perfect okay cool nice all right i like that a lot okay and so it's permeated it's like everyone the only way is to kind of do like asymmetric warfare against it through disseminating this kind of stuff to everybody so that we all have the antidote exactly and it's already here Mm-hmm. Fuck. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the- it already reached our timeline. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Okay. So, Great. So, <laughs> so we have to we have to ingest the rice, and that will kind of help us to have the antidote. Um, mm-hmm. And is the how did you make? Well, you don't have to tell me your secret, but how does it glow in the dark? It's okay. It's on the internet. Okay. <laughs> it's on YouTube. Yeah. How to make rice glow? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, pretty easy, actually. It's B2 vitamin. And really? You just, yeah. You just soak the rice in B2 vitamin. Okay. Infused water. Okay. And Cool. Yeah. And then what we did is we dehydrated it and then we, yeah. We put a bunch of stuff in it, so it didn't taste as bad as it did. Yeah, the vitamin is very bitter. 
Really? Yeah. Hmm. Which was kind of cool because Kanek mentions mm-hmm. in some of the poems that the food is now really bitter and that yeah. they, that he misses honey and that he, yeah. So apparently food is bitter in the future. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's really amazing. It made a lot of sense, but you can really eat it. Mm-hmm. So we use the vinegar, rice yeah. vinegar. We used rice vinegar. We used furikake, wasabi. Yeah, bunch of stuff. And so this will become, by the time that this comes out, this will have opened on Friday, April 26th, right? Sort yep. of like a presentation to people. And what uh, what will that entail? I know that you're still kind of, we're recording this and you're in progress or something, mm-hmm. but did I see during Fusebox kind of like a test run of sort of what it will be like when we came through at the studio crawl? There was different things and i don't want to tell anybody because what if i'm you know what if i'm wrong (laughs) but how how do you envision it being presented is it in would you call it an exhibition or is it kind of like a works in progress like hey we've been working on this and here's where we're at with this thing right here for moha i think it's going to be more of a work in progress Mm -hmm. and we are probably going to have for this friday the 26th um the packaging ready so it's going to look more like a product by then Mm -hmm. Uh, but we're actually going to show the objects with more work from other artists which is something we tend to do Mm -hmm. Um, show our editions with work that relates to it Uh, so we're probably going to do that back in Mexico City by October yeah okay cool so it's an ongoing project so this this Moha kind of residency is basically like a stopover in this much longer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You're yes. engaged in this right now, but this is going to be a much longer project. Is that pretty t- typical, the timeline of how you work with artists, or does it is it usually a pretty longer kind of thing? Well, having a residency in between, it's not normal at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does that help to accelerate the process? Yes. Yeah, yeah a lot. <laughs> a lot. A lot. Because we, like normal people, have jobs. Sure. And And here we're just doing this. Maybe once everybody eats this rice, we won't have to have jobs anymore. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it would be great if you guys could hurry up. (laughs) 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 And what is the the other project that you're working on, which I've gotten to, uh, I've gotten to sort of experience just a little bit here but it's a local artist um hannah doobie is that right yeah and what are you working on with hannah and how did that come about we are producing pillows with embedded audio uh inspired by asmr youtube videos (laughs) yeah oh yeah (laughs) yes yes it's the wrong kind of microphone it doesn't actually yeah (laughs) you could you could kind of do it but it doesn't (laughs) So, yeah, with her, we just, I mean, we were already coming and we were already working with Kanek, but we thought uh, we should immerse ourselves a little bit more into the Austin scene. And we also got a grant. (laughs) So we were like, we should like really. Cool. Yeah. We should really work on this. I mean, Zach, the director for Moha, knew her. So we just wrote to her. And we started checking out her work. She's a video artist, mm-hmm. and she's also a stand-up comedian. It's it's a fun thing to yeah, say. Yeah, it's a fun <laughs> thing to say because her work is really funny. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. really, really fun. 
Yes, the ASMR pillow is quite a funny object. It is. I mean, be- because the rice is so serious. <laughs> <laughs> is that, I mean, I guess I kind of, I always want to project that onto people's processes. I always want to think that stuff is funny, sometimes too, Me like, too. sometimes too, like, the offense of the creator uh, inadvertently. I'll just be like, this is really funny. Like, it's not supposed it's no to be funny. To be. And it's kind of like a bummer, but... Am I correct in seeing a lot of comedy in the stuff that you yes. produce? Yeah, okay. completely <laughs> it's pretty, accurate. Yeah. It's pretty like it's pretty pretty wacky objects and things like that. They're very fun, and very but also very serious. Like you have these kind of ideas about. I mean, we're fucked. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, and you know, that's going on. So let's have glow in the dark rice. But <laughs> yeah, let's just eat this. What is the What is the process of uh, collaborating like between the two of you? We've talked a little bit about uh, your work with other artists and the timeline and kind of how you have adapted from sort of picking things that somebody couldn't finish into doing more projects that you were designing together back into now people want to do that. But what is the working process between the two of you, is it pretty organic or do you have to like set aside on Monday night, we're going to sit down for three hours and we're going to work on this thing. Nava is always thinking about Janet 40 yeah. <laughs> and working on it. <laughs> I, on the other hand, have to like make some time for it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I mean, when I get home, we usually like set aside a couple of hours to work on our stuff or when we have to like, do an application for a grant yeah, or whatever. Yeah. Those things take us like a weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess I was just curious about what that, what the process is like and if it feels like organic after, yeah, after working <clears throat> together for quite a few years, does it hit a stride or is it like, because life flies at you, you're always adapting mm-hmm. and you're like, well, now we have to do it differently because we had to move or we had to do yeah. this thing or like we lost this resource or now I have to work more hours or like, yeah, <laughs> no, we're still adapting to Janet Forey. Yeah, I I feel like we just started. Yeah. <laughs> Is it 2016? Is that when the first projects were? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's kind of blurry because we started thinking about Janet 40 since like the second week we met. Yeah. <laughs> oh, cool. Let's kiss and have a project. Again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the next step. Yeah, that makes total sense. Of course. <laughs> well, it means that you can... Well. The nice thing about that is then the time that you get to do your creative work that you normally would have to kind of like shun somebody or be like, I need you to go away. Mm -hmm. When you collaborate on it, you get to work on it together and share that. And so you do maximize the time, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. And you can always just like, even if it's not studio or collaboration time, you can just like bother somebody in the bathroom and be like, hey, what do you think of this? And (laughs) That's me all the time. (laughs) That happens. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it's been it's been good. Like I guess at this point it is organic. It's an organic collaboration by this point, but at the beginning we had to like really commit to mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. Right now we got like the hang of it. Do you have like different roles? Like one person is yeah. really good at this thing, the other person is better at this thing? Yeah, definitely. I, sh- I usually think more about concepts and ideas, so I call myself the creative director yeah but <laughs> what are you the director of then uh production okay oh that's I'm good i'm the yes. <laughs> director of making things happen uh-huh <laughs> sort of like the the dreamer and the doer kind of yeah, yeah. 
<laughs> That's a good way to put it. That's pretty cool. I think it's like, you know, not I I'm sorry for using the band analogy again, but it's like any any group of music that people play and everybody kind of has to not only do you play the instrument, but you also have a job or a role within that mm-hmm. group of people. There's always the kind of like person that drives. Mm-hmm. So there's always somebody in the band that drives when they have to go places. There's somebody who is really good at scheduling or maybe the least bad at it or something. <laughs> and so they take on that role. They're sort of like the band administrator. And you have this whole team of people that have to do various stuff. So, you yeah. know, I think it's it's hard when you have two people to delineate those roles, though. Yeah. If it you is. have a bunch, it's pretty easy because it's like, you do this, you do this, you do this. Mm-hmm. No, but... <laughs> Well, it's fine. I think the noise is fine because it's like we said, we're at a, we're at a live art studio and, and making yes. things this is happen. Where things should be happening. <laughs> <laughs> it would speak poorly to the site if there weren't like things turning on. In the right? It would mean that nobody was here. You're right. Nobody was working. <laughs> uh, I actually like, like doing stuff. Like mm-hmm. I get really anxious when everything's just up here yeah and people don't like actually like make something yes <laughs> maybe that's you mean. yeah that's part of our project as well mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah well i feel like too you probably you probably are useful in another way with the artists that you collaborate with because sometimes somebody coming along and saying we're going to do something by this date and it's going to we're going to be accountable in this way to present it kind of puts a fire under their butt and yeah, makes exactly. them do something that they probably wouldn't have done not yeah. in like a mm-hmm. not in like a homework kind of way but in probably a welcome way because sometimes it can feel like you're just sort of floating mm-hmm. especially you have an art practice and like you said there's a bunch of stuff on somebody's hard drive or you're making things but you're not presenting them it's somebody coming along and being like here's where we will manifest this yeah. uh, i'm sure is a very welcome kind of intervention yeah. it has been so practice. far and these people are our friends so mm. makes sense to help them yeah. have you ever worked with a rando yeah well i guess Hannah. yes sorry not that if han is listening I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> a new person <laughs> no a lot of people i mean yeah hannah is the first person that we didn't know before okay <laughs> got it who we who we are making an addition with but before that like like i said before we work uh doing exhibitions and there we've collaborated with a bunch of people from yeah. all over and but all of them have worked out fine yeah i mean really good actually Does like, it ever get weird with a, an exhibition where do you, how do you, del- I guess the question I'm trying to ask is how do you delineate between those two things where an exhibition, do you do any of the production for the artists or are you thinking, oh, now we're curators and you have to make things and I will put them in conversation with each other or do some artists get special treatment and you're like, okay, we'll make <laughs> your thing, but everybody else has to like make theirs. No. <laughs> Thinking about exhibitions, the funny thing is that no artist has ever been involved in the production, really. You're right. No. Nope. I guess we do production for all of them. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So we just present the idea and ask for opinions and that's it. No okay. one yeah. is there, actually. It's just the two of us. Interesting. Yeah. And we just realized that. You guys yeah. are like DJs. 
Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Do you know the uh, what is it, the thing quarterly? Do you mm-hmm. know about that? Yeah, that this was making me think about it because they do these. They use the same vocabulary that y- you all use with additions, which I really like. Yes. Oh, these yeah, weird objects okay. that they produce. You're just like, what the fuck is this thing? <laughs> and they've made, you know, I don't know. I'm sure some of this stuff is corny, but several of the ones that I've seen have been really, really cool. Um, so I'm glad that you guys are aware. Of it. I wish that there was more stuff like that where you could. Would you ever do like a subscription service? You know, like a Janet box? Mm. <laughs> yeah, we should. We should get into that. I mean, I've been thinking about that actually, but I think people, at least in Mexico, are not mm. like. I mean, of course, you're going to pay like whatever, $20 for a subscription box, but it's not going to cost that when it's hard. Yeah, exactly. No, I don't. It's going to be especially not if you value the people that you're working exactly. with. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So. And if it's like an addition of five. And yeah, so I guess one of the things we've like struggled with so far has been selling, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I, yeah. it's a, But I think it's a cool conversation that you guys are bringing up just by having the practice, which is kind of like, well, where's the space for art objects to exist that still have for lack of a better term, like still have like the aura or whatever Mm -hmm. in them, you know, but like still have some kind of like specialness to them that aren't super mass produced, but also aren't so hyper unique that like Mm -hmm. only one person can have the thing or something like that. I mean, it's kind of, you're doing like a very 21st century version of like printmaking or something else like that, where you're, you're creating something for people. But yeah, I mean, it's maybe you won't ever solve it, but glad that somebody's kind of bringing it up because there's, so much middle space I feel like in between where I don't know like I went to school for printmaking and I liked that I could get people's art through Mm -hmm. trade Mm -hmm. or like that it just that they had multiple copies of it was cool yes the same thing I think is probably why I gravitated towards like zines and stuff like that is you can get something from somebody um it's reasonable to assume like I could probably buy a print from this artist maybe you know not all the time but if it's a good month or something like that so yeah i wonder how you know it'll be interesting to see in the future as it unfolds how big of additions you produce for people because it seems like they're pretty intimate still right now yeah they are yeah the table it's an edition of 10 yeah the towel is an open edition it was cheaper to to make and then the rice there's a lot of rice though right yeah yeah, we gave out some samples during Fusebox, so a lot of people are going to save themselves. I mean, for the for the rice edition, we have two. We have the survival package. Oh. It's just like a little package, but we have the the premium package. Yeah. Oh, yes, what does that come with? <laughs> with uh, these oh. super cool chopsticks and yeah. And a little and UV lamp, lamp mm-hmm. and okay. uh, like a little booklet with Canex poems. Okay. And is that meant to is that meant to create kind of like a ritual for the consumption? Yes, or, exactly. Okay, okay. Yes. got it. Cool. That's very fun. Yeah, I we're like working that. on instructions. Yeah, that's good. See, that's kind of I like this idea too of it being tiered. Like, to, <laughs> like you can have like a you can have like a gold level version of the experience or something. I mean, I think it's like, and like I said, it doesn't matter if you guys solve it, but it's really <laughs> playful and fun that you're presenting or offering this opportunity for people because it's really hard. I think for especially if you make digital work, it's like you literally just give it away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the only way that people can experience it. And then when you transition from digital artist into like gallery artist, you sometimes have to make this goofy leap to like, well. 
now I make these really high fetish objects. There's no in-between point. You almost like you're you right. go from one extreme to the next. Mm-hmm. It's cool to have something in the middle. Yeah, you're right. When this residency ends, are you going back to Mexico City or do you hop? Are you going to the next? No, some people do that. <laughs> yeah, no, no we're you not jet setters. No, I know. You said you have jobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going back to Mexico City. Yeah. Back and, to our jobs. Okay. And so you are, you're going to be presenting um, this project in some iteration in Mexico City. Other things that are coming up for you, other things on the radar that people should know about? We're doing an art fair in Barcelona. Okay, cool. On September... Yeah, by the end of September. Yeah, by the end. It's called Swab. Swab. Swab Art Fair. Okay. In Barcelona. And we're taking uh, Julieta Gil, who is a Mexican artist. She's amazing. Her work is great. You should check it out. And um, before that, we are working with an artist from Tijuana. Mm -hmm. His name is Andrew Roberts. Okay. And we're working on making an exhibition in uh, the Centro de Cultura Digital, which is a museum dedicated to digital art in Mexico City. Cool. And before that, <laughs> you just r- jump to the... <laughs> yeah, I'm so excited. To the flashiest. <laughs> just can hide it. He's the dreamer. He's dreaming. He's <laughs> dreaming already. Dreaming. You are, you're planning. No, logically, we need to fucking work on this next thing before we go to fucking Barcelona in six months. <laughs> He's already drinking sangria. Like. Uh, before that, we are doing a... We were part of the jury for the Jamichi in Mexico City. Do you know okay. what a Jamichi is? No. It's the internet market. Black market. Oh, I've been to one. Yeah. They really? Had, they had okay. one at the Knockdown Center a couple different times, which is a venue in Queens mm-hmm. in New York. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've been to it yeah. twice. Yeah. That's why I So we're doing familiar. that. It's the first time in Mexico City. Yeah. Really? Okay. Yeah. And that's, oh, that's right. Where, yeah. I could, yes, you yeah. should be on, you should be on the fucking jury for that. Yes. <laughs> it's, like, it's literally like a thing that's trying, that is people yeah. doing the same things that you do. Yes. Exactly. Awesome. Cool. So we're going to be, we already judged mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> and we're going to be in it too. Did you judge yourselves into it or did you? No. <laughs> <laughs> we were invited by the. We were just invited just by the curator. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Wow. So it's, okay. So there's a shitload of stuff coming up. Yep. So you have lots of plugs. That's very cool. And yeah. okay. And then you have to, well, I think, you know, it's inspiring though to hear that because you're here on this residency, but it's also like, I do appreciate that you're speaking very frankly about having to juggle and manage this kind of practice while you do have a regular job, while you are mm-hmm. planning all these other things and managing to do all this stuff on top of it. Cause it's like, there's so many people who I think kind of pretend that that's their hustle. And it's just like, you're just a fucking rich kid. Right. <laughs> really? You just have a lot of money. <laughs> exactly. Thank you for saying that. I feel like in Mexico city, we're always like, I mean, yeah, your space is cool and everything, but how? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it took it took me a while uh, living in New York before all of a sudden I just realized, oh, fuck it. You're all just rich kids. <laughs> like, And it just was like, ah. Oh, my God. <laughs> like a brain freeze. <laughs> <laughs> <just> like, oh. <laughs> so, yeah. But so it's fun to talk to people, though, who are really working on different things and finding ways to make it function. And I do like to that the practice that you're doing or that you're engaged in is in service of as bankrupt as the term is, is in service of a community of people. 
that you're making work that collaborates with people and has this other reverberating kind mm-hmm. of thing. So mm-hmm. that's cool. Um, so the website is Janet40.com, right? Yes. And yeah. is it, what's the gram? Is it, <laughs> is it four zero or is it F O R T Y at the end? <laughs> it's Janet. Dot. Four zero. Okay. Yeah. We'll put it in the episode description. It'll be fine. People will find it. If you can't find it, I mean, I found it like two seconds when I looked for it. So, like, get real. And get it knew. Real. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, both of you, thank you so much. This has been a real treat to have you. Uh, Austin is lucky to have had you here during this time. I'm really thank glad that so we got to meet. I'm looking forward to seeing this iteration this weekend, which will be in the past when this comes out. But, you know, why not? time travel if uh <laughs> if this project can time travel so can we so thank you both so much and to everybody out there thanks for listening we will catch you next week <laughs> <laughs>